What is up, guys? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. Today, I have Brooke Ince on as a guest on the Reborn Show. Uh, If you don't know Brooke, she is an elite CrossFit athlete. She's a business entrepreneur, a trainer, actress, and a podcaster. In 2015, she took 14th place at the CrossFit Games her rookie year, which is really, really impressive. Uh, She's also the creator of the comprehensive fitness app called The Naked Training Program and an accomplished actress who has appeared in films including Wonder Woman and The Justice League. Uh, She's also the co-host of the Between the Reps podcast, and you can follow her. Uh, She has a huge following. You talk about just an all-American girl. She has over a million and a half followers um, on her Instagram. It's at Brooke Ince, B-R-O-O-K-E-E-N-C-E. So if you're not following her, definitely do so. Um, Brooke is one of those people that is just so incredibly genuine, and she gives so much of herself to other people and to just uh, doing what it is that that she believes in. And so I'm really looking forward to sharing this interview with Brooke. This has been one of my longest podcast interviews uh, I believe that I've ever had. And so we just we just nailed it. Um, she covers a lot of amazing things about her journey that I didn't know about. And I'm sure that you did not know as well. And as she has continued to evolve into um, the badass that she is today. So I want to uh, bring on Brooke to the Reborn podcast and uh, let's just get right to it. All right, Brooke, welcome to the Reborn Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you today? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Where, yeah. Are, you, where are you located at? Right now I am in uh, St. Pete, Florida, but I'm, I live in Southern Utah. Nice. Are you a big snowboarder? I do enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> do, you, do, you, <laughs> yeah. do you participate a lot in snowboarding or just? Uh, not as much as I would like to, I guess. Um, just with traveling and things like that. Like for instance, I'm here and there's a storm hitting out West right now. I know. And uh, myself and my boyfriend have, he really wanted to go, but for me to go, I need to fly further. Cause I, I need to go home first mm. to, get, um, to get my, my bag <laughs> and then go. It's like to chase a, you know, to chase a storm, you gotta be ready to go at like a moment's notice. <laughs> yeah. My, my stuff is too, too spread out <laughs> to make it work. I feel you on that a week anyways. My, so I grew up in Oklahoma and my mom's actually flying out here. Uh, the, this coming weekend, I'm doing a 25 hour row for like a, for spikes canine. It's one of the foundations that I support. And my mom's flying in from Oklahoma. And that was, you know, she's trying to get out like before the storm and, you know, I'm in Virginia beach. So the closest, like, okay. Mountains for us is it's like five hours away. And I mean, I have three boys now and it's just like, it's so difficult sometimes to just pack up, but I'm, I'm a big snowboarder. I actually learned on skis and uh-huh. then, uh, I ended up switching to snowboarding. So I can actually do both. I can do skiing and snowboarding. And my littlest guy, Otto, he does, he's a, he's a skier, but my older two snowboard. So I feel like the cool mom that can be like, Oh, what are we going to do today? You guys want to ski yeah. or snowboard, <laughs> you know? 
Um, so I want to, I want to kind of start from the beginning of, uh, before your career, before Brooke ends, before the naked program, before the CrossFit games, um, before you, you know, you're like basically a movie star as well. And, uh, like, can you give a little bit of like a background of who, like, like who is like, what's the childhood like of Brooke? Yeah, sure. I haven't, I haven't, uh, haven't gone into detail in, in a while about this, you know, cause it, you know what you do podcasts, you interview, you meet people, you kind of always do that background conversation and haven't done it in a long time. So this will be fun. All right. Well, I'm 32. Um, I'm from Southern Utah. <clears throat> I grew up, uh, I'm the youngest of four. I've got two sisters and then my brother is the oldest. And we all played a lot of sports and did a lot of extracurricular. Uh, both my parents were athletes. Um, my sisters were swimmers. I swam on the swim team when I was really young, but I never, I, I mean, I was, we're all very competitive. I'm a very com- hyper competitive family. Like I just wasn't that competitive. I didn't care enough to swim. So, but I swam when I was really, when I was young, my sisters both swam in high school. My sister swam on the junior Olympic team. Um, so, you know, big athletes and what, what sports did your parents play? Um, uh, my mom played softball and she never did anything. Um, I guess at like a college level, her sister was a, um, a very, very, very good softball player. And so was my cousin, mm-hmm. uh, her niece, but my mom has just always been super athletic. I mean, little quick background. I mean, the woman is a firecracker. Not only is she super hot, she is extremely athletic. And Dude, so, so is my mom. How, how old is your mom? My mom, like, so she just had a birthday. She was born in 54. So I think she turned like 68. Yeah. 68? My mom's birthday is July 29th. And she is turning, uh, I want to say, 63. Yeah. Dude, yeah. My, my mom's still a competitive mountain bike racer. In fact, one That's time, epic. one time she came out cause I, you know, you know, traveling all the time, my husband's like never here. And so my mom will fly in from Oklahoma. I, you know, I'm like very weird about people like watching my kids. And so I just, I'll fly my mom out from Oklahoma. And there was one time I remember like she got out of the car from the airport, literally didn't say anything. And she got out and like auto, like ran to go jump on her. She's like, Oh, I just, I broke two ribs oh. like, yesterday <laughs> like my, from my dad. <laughs> yeah. Dude, my Crazy. dad, my dad's the same way. I mean, uh, he doesn't race mountain bikes anymore, but like mm. that's his, that was his, mm. his thing. He Very actually cool. had to get, he just had one wrist fused. So he's been recovering from my, our, my whole family's pretty accident prone, but it's because yeah. we go, we go pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's awesome. No, but like, you know, stories about my mom when she was in high school or when she was, like, when she was younger, she has one sister and then an older brother and her older brother used to, uh, he would make not make her but make her box his friends or arm wrestle <laughs> because he would he would place place bets on them and so oh. my he would basically win money off my mom wow all the time. <laughs> she would just she could box and she would she'd always win arm wrestling and she'll tell you to this day That's she'll be like so she'll tell you she'll be like yeah I, you know she can lock her wrist and no one could beat her <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So that yeah, was so, her. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And then, and then your dad was an athlete as well. Yeah. My dad, you know, he wrestled, he did, um, track and field and played football. And then he, you know, uh, 
from the, you know, I'm from Southern Utah and my grandpa, total cowboy, you know, mm-hmm. so a lot of outdoor work. So he did mm-hmm. a lot of that manual labor. Mm-hmm. Um, he ran a feed mill. So he was very athletic, but even as he got older, like when I was growing up, my dad competed at a high level in, um, jet ski racing. Whoa. Mountain. I didn't even, I didn't even know jet ski racing was a thing. Oh yeah. It was a thing. That's cool. And my uncle, my dad was supposed to compete in the world championship as well, but he broke his heel while he was on that trip. Mm. But my uncle won uh, or took second, I think, in the world championship, stand-up jet skis. But he used to do that. And him and his friends, I mean, he, I remember being out, I was probably like 13 or 14. And his buddy, they all loved extreme sports. So, you know, he built in this big empty lot, he had a huge... Um, like a dirt bike track mm-hmm. for like one tens and fifties, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and they all were out there. Right, my dad, you know, popped his broke his clavicle that day. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, you know. So it's a uh, we we like we like competition mm-hmm. and we like extreme sports. And uh, I grew up. I played soccer as a kid. Swam on the swim swim team. I did gymnastics. I played softball. And I danced Mm. and, you know, just over time you get older, you only have so much time for extracurricular and you kind of like wean wean out the things you don't love the most. So I danced and I sang and that's what I did. And then I went to the university of Utah. I was a modern dance major. Wow. I didn't know that you were a dancer. Yes. That's very cool. What Um, what kind of dancing, like ballet, tap, or like what is, what is modern dance? All of it. Okay. Yeah. All the above. So modern is it's like contemporary, um, but it's not ballet. Mm. It's more abstract, I guess. Um, Mm. Yeah. I grew up in the dance studio I went to, you kind of did, we did everything. It was club. So I started dancing and singing when I was three. I think my mom put me in dance when I was three and I've done, I did it all through college, but I did, you know. I have point shoes, tap shoes. Mm. I did hip hop, jazz, uh, lyrical, uh, musical theater, all the above. Are you are you doing any of the TikTok dances? Nope. No. Can you I've dance? Tried. Can you dance like that? Well, here's the thing, and this is probably. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to dance like those TikTok here's girls, the, but here's the thing. Okay, I could probably I could do it. Yeah. You don't want but to. Where I no, where I run into like a big issue yeah. is um trying to learn from watching the video. Because uh-huh. I just it's almost like I get I get a I'll see one, I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. And then I take a little bit of time to like watch it and then I get a little bit confused because you're mirroring, uh, right? Yeah. So like it's it's opposite. Mm. And it takes me just like a few minutes of being kind of irritated at the fact that like what and then and then it gives me enough time to be like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) (laughs) just stop my niece my niece is so good at it she's like on tiktok she knows all the the filters well she doesn't have tiktok anymore it was a you know when all the kids were on it and then Mm -hmm. you know parents you know realize that there's a lot of bad shit on there yeah there is but um i have uh i think if someone stood in front of me. If definitely if someone stood in front of me and I followed along, I could do it. hundred uh, percent. I mean, they're cool. not that e- They're not hard. Some of them are, you know, I feel like there's some complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's awesome. I, I've, uh, that's like the one thing Well, I grew up dancing gymnastics, but 
man, I could like go to the club and dance all night long, literally without even like a sip of liquor. I just love to dance, but like, I just don't have any of like that hip hop rhythm. I like to pretend that I do put my hands up in the air, you know, but, um, I think that, I think that's really cool. So I want to ask you, um, with your siblings, you were the youngest Mm -hmm. of four. Um, how were you like, when did like the, when did the competitiveness come in? Because you ended up, a lot of people know you as whenever you went to the CrossFit games and did the, the CrossFit, um, Mm -hmm. route. So when kind of talk about that, um, did you, did you graduate college? What'd you get your degree in? No, I didn't graduate. I, um, I was in school for four years. I changed my major. Yeah. I never graduated. You're so close. No. Were you close? Yeah. I mean, I was close when I went into school because I got accepted into the dance department. Mm. You start right into your major classes. So what I didn't finish is my, like, uh, my undergrad. Mm. So you basically have a a full schedule Mm -hmm. of your major classes and you have to find the time that you like, you know, to fit in all of your undergrad classes. Mm. So I was a modern dance major for I would say going on three years and then I changed my major when the economy got super bad because it was like, I don't, I mean, all I wanted to do was dance for somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't want to own a studio. I didn't want to teach, you know, and as a dancer, like I, you, you do it cause you love it. And, but in the art, you know, in the arts, there's not, uh, it's not like where you're going to like, make a bunch of money to retire one day mm-hmm. or like, <laughs> you know, and, and there's always someone younger than you that looks exactly mm-hmm. like you that moves mm-hmm. better than you. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of fun for, I mean, I've heart and soul for majority of my life is the, like musical theater and dance and all that. But I kind of decided, you know, I don't want to teach. So why am I getting, I don't need to go to school to like be able to do this. <laughs> so yeah. I changed my major and then fast forward, I ended up, um, moving to Santa Cruz, California. Mm. And I found CrossFit before that. So I found CrossFit. I mean, I've always been athletic. I played mm-hmm. a lot of sports growing mm-hmm. up. Um, I was really, I played really, uh, I played at a high level of softball in club. I played high school, but this, because the schedules were intertwining with like my dance schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't able to make every practice and, you know, they gave my, my position away. Mm. I was pissed. So I quit. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a question about like dance because I think I, I know that I've seen your mom on social media. Is she, is she muscular too? Is she pretty fit? Mm. Oh yeah. So did, did you get any sort of like, um, like being, cause I'm a muscular female too. And my mom's freaking jacked. Like I, my mom could probably still raise, like race me and beat my, I mean, talk about competitive and just like having a badass mom. Like my mom is still jacked. And so genetically I was always so muscular. And so I'm wondering like being in the dance industry where they, you know, like, I don't know, do they favor like the long and the lean? Did you ever get any sort of pushback because you were just genetically more muscular? Yeah. I mean, I knew, um, I knew exactly what dance companies I could potentially dance for. And there was a laundry list of ones I would probably never be able to dance for purely just because of how I looked. Mm, mm. I mean, and like, here's the thing, like you, you know, for me, it wasn't necessarily, it was my upper body Mm -hmm. because I'm, and even 
So I am genetically predisposed, uh, if that's the correct word, to have yeah muscles. Mm-hmm. And like you look at my siblings, my mom, you look at my dad's side of the family, my mom's side, it's, I mean, no one no one's like this except for my sister's kids. All of her kids are so wow. just lean and muscular, but like just little. Um, I knew all the dance companies I could dance for potentially and all the ones I could never dance for. And it was purely because of how I looked, but I, there were uh, companies out there that they favored the stronger, mm. like, like looking and powerful dancers. Yeah, I wanted to ask you if that bothered you, you know, like yeah. because because dancing's like a passion, you know, and it's a form of expression. I didn't know if like whenever you were just wanted to dance, if that like did you ever were you ever like maybe this isn't for me, the dancing, just because of your physique? No, I I knew that I probably would never it would never be a career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I I definitely I mean, I was teased mm-hmm. from a pretty young age. Mm-hmm. Being muscular, yeah. 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 I can so relate to that. I was, you know, very insecure and in college and during all those times, there were definitely lots of ups and downs with my mood and how I felt about myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I, you know, I just kept, I just kept doing it cause I loved it, even though I would never fully look the part. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, you know, there were things that I got accepted to during that time. So it's not that no one was going to want to let me dance with them or for them, but I just knew that there were certain places that it, I would never, I would never have that look. I would never be able to give them, you know, this long lean. Like I remember being in ballet class mm-hmm. in college <laughs> and I'd be like, you know, we would like be doing our, you know, our warm ups or going across the floor and my teacher would, she'd be like, Brooke, relax your arms. And I'm like, I'm like, I am so relaxed right now. I'm like, that's just how they look. <laughs> She's like, stop flexing. You're like, I'm not flexing. Yeah, I'm like, I have a deltoid. Was like, I was just trying to be longer yeah. and like softer. Yeah. And it's like, I have these rigid, like these edges to my yeah. body that, you know. I love that. That's awesome. Well, so yeah. now let's talk about like, so then we got into CrossFit, which is, you know, you think about dance like elegant, graceful. And then we move into like, you're like slinging weight. You're like slinging the iron, the barbell. Talk about that. Talk about kind of like your transition of, you know, dancing was your passion and, you know, you probably identified with that. And then you were kind of introduced to this, you know, you went from like grace to to almost grit in a sense. Um, Like, like, I want to hear how you, like, what was your first experience with CrossFit? And did you feel like you fit more in that culture of CrossFit uh, compared to like your dancing culture? So uh, I will say this through dance, I was introduced to a woman who came in to teach at our, at the university. And she was, she did, she was Miss Fitness for Utah. Mm -hmm. and I see this woman and she's like teaching our class and we're doing like, you know, a little more hip hop style, but also like, it was like a cardio class. She she came in to teach for like a week or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, she kind of looks like me, (laughs) you know, I'm like, I'm like, okay. She was moving her body really, you know, really well and really athletic. And she's like really, she's really muscular and just beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to her because I was like, what do you do? 
you know, cause I've kind of was just like in this like limbo of like, yeah. I don't fit in anywhere. I don't look like those girls. I don't look like those girls, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, and it's like, you occasionally get, you have people like either look at you or make a comment. And it's so funny because they think that they can't, that you can't hear them. I hear everything. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> and it's like this, it's, it's a, usually a comment that makes you feel like, like, um, as if I made the decision to look the way that right. I look. Yeah. And this is like at a younger age. So it's um, like, you know, I'm just, just graduated high school, just going to college. You know, mm-hmm. I, nope, I don't go to the weight room every day. Yeah. I just dance. That's it. I didn't lift mm-hmm. weights till I was in college. Um, but from there, you know, I kind of got more into, I, I did a, uh, figure competition. So I was introduced into now, you know, lifting weights and doing things like that. That's crazy. I didn't, I didn't know that you competed like that. I did. I only did. I only did a few, uh, (laughs) a couple competitions, but, and then I, then I, the last of the last one, I was like, Oh yeah, this is not for me. (laughs) (laughs) What federation Um, did you compete in? Uh, you remember NPC? Yeah. NPC. That's mm-hmm. what they had in, in Utah. That's mm-hmm. the first one that I did. I mean, I didn't even know anything really right. about it. Right. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it taught me a lot of you know dedication and learning to try, about eat. what to eat, not to eat, oh, what yeah. your body yeah. can do, how crazy you get at the end. And <laughs> yep. And I also learned that it's like, uh, you know, if you have any sort of insecurities, it's just going to make them way worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I did that. Um, I don't do it anymore and I'm, you know, I'm happy I didn't, but I did learn a lot from, it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't regret doing it. I did mm-hmm. learn, you know, do anything like, like what you're doing, like just rowing to do anything. That's just, it's such a, um, a mental, Oh yeah. like the, the amount of like the mental fortitude you need to get through all these things. Like it doesn't, it doesn't just happen. Like you, oh. you did something, right. You did something that you, it like kind of a, like awoken something inside of you that like makes you want to have that grit or push mm-hmm. really hard mm-hmm. or like and enjoy the the challenge of having to overcome something mentally mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um it, yeah it, i mean it really is about like having like that competitive drive and it's same thing with you it's like Anytime I would, you would achieve something. And a lot of people think that, you know, I mean, even with you getting in the CrossFit games in your whole career, like it, I think what people don't realize is, is it's like tiny little movements over time that, that like within like years or two years, you, you make this like huge progress, but it wasn't because we made just one, you didn't just decide to jump into the CrossFit games. You didn't just decide to, you know, it's, it's, it's moving the needle very small and very precisely over a long period of time. And that's what builds your mental fortitude. That is what builds everything that you have today. It's just, it takes a lot of time. But I, I did that, was done with that. And I was asked to, I was invited to audition for a show out of Vegas. It's called La Rev. It's like a Cirque du Soleil type show. It's at the Wynn. I don't know if it's still there, but. Can you do the, uh, what is it? Body contorting? No, where I you wish. like do like this stuff? <laughs> no, you're not that flexible. <laughs> you know, I used to be, I used to be a lot more flexible than I am now after years of not, not dancing and no. only running and yeah. lifting weights, I'm definitely 
now way less it fast. way less flexible yeah it's I tried embarrassing to, i tried to do the splits the other day and i was like nope not happening <laughs> no man but i did i i was invited to audition for this for this part um for the show and it was like an all-around dancer well the, actually sorry excuse me i did the it was a ballroom audition mm-hmm. never done ballroom okay i'm in college I've never done it but i'm an athlete and I'm a dancer. And I actually did really well. I made it through the entire audition without getting cut. Um, at the end of it, what they wanted to hire me for was like their all around dancer position, which they weren't hiring for yet. So I ended up going to another audition in LA with them later on, but the all around dancer is going to be doing like some diving and climbing and, you know, cause it's, Very cool. it's uh, acrobatic. Well, I, did not know how to prepare prepare for this audition besides dancing. So I had, you know, a f- was looking a friend of mine mentioned a gym that could probably help me do some, you know, gymnastics type stuff that was on a list of to do things like uh, skin the cats and you know like mm-hmm. some things like that on rings. So I found a CrossFit gym in Southern Utah. And my, I did a couple classes. It was right before I moved to LA for the summer and it was awful. Mm. <laughs> it was so painful. It was awful. I cannot, I, I can't remember exactly what my workout was, but I, I remember I went and worked out with them like twice. And then I moved away for the summer, tried to find a CrossFit gym out there because here's what I liked about it is I grew up very athletic, playing a lot of sports, doing a lot of things. Uh, I liked to not, you know, it's like muscles for go, not just muscles for show, right? So what I liked about it is I didn't like that it it hurts so much, but I liked that it was athletic, you know, and I was coming, I was like my, prior to this, I had been doing a little bit of like training conventionally for a, a figure show. And that, and that was my first introduction to lifting weights. Cause I didn't ever need to lift weights. I moved my body a lot and I was always very strong and I played sports, but I didn't lift weights before college. And so I liked that part of it. Tried to find a CrossFit gym in LA, uh, could not afford it. I was there for, I was there dancing. Mm-hmm. And when I moved back home for school, it was right when Ute CrossFit with Tommy Hackenbrook, right when he had opened Ute and it was like brand new, um, this tiny little like garage and started going there. And then the rest is kind of history. I mean, even then though, I hadn't made a, made the decision to, to really train to be an individual athlete. I was a full-time student. I loved dance. I liked doing CrossFit. Um, it was very hard. I was like their, their strong female. And I trained with them and competed with them. I did sectionals when they had sectionals. I think it was 2009, maybe. What, what, is, uh, what is sectionals? So sectionals, they don't have anymore, just like they don't have regionals anymore. So sectionals, they used to do before regionals. The open took place of sectionals. So it was just like the beginning stages of like narrowing down area, right? Mm -hmm. So your sectional would be instead of like a whole region, like the West or whatever, 
Mm-hmm. The, things were broken up more into smaller sections. You go into your sectional and then people would qualify from there and then they would go to a regional. So like more like a few, maybe like a couple, I don't know how they, how they had it organized it was so long ago, but yeah, sectionals, you qualified to go to regionals, mm-hmm. regionals, the games. So how, how long did you train? Like, did you, did you make the decision that you were like, okay, I'm going to train for the CrossFit games or like, was it like, was it on purpose or did it just kind of happen? Um, I want to so, like, how long did you train for that? And like yeah. what? Yeah. Init- initially, uh, no. Like I remember going into Tommy's gym one day to work out and he was, he was leaving town and he was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to the CrossFit games. And I was like, huh, what's that? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was at the ranch. Mm-hmm. It's like, it was, it was little, mm-hmm. uh, 2009, I think. And when I was training, um, I was on the team. So we, we were, we had Ute CrossFit. We qualified in 2011 and then I didn't go on the team, but I think it was 2011. Um, I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed training. I enjoyed uh, the team. I had not yet, I hadn't made the decision of like, I'm going to the games. Like I didn't, it was more so like, I loved doing that with my extra time. I loved CrossFit because it was the first place that I had been and experienced the feeling of not standing out so much that everyone's looking at me like, where did you come from? You know, it was, uh, being celebrated for your feats, you know, Mm -hmm. of your, Mm -hmm. how hard you're working. Um, if your body, if you were really muscular and that was a product of whatever work you were doing, you know, like if you're lifting weights all the time or even just genetically, it's, it's celebrated Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not weird. And so it was the first place I had found like a community of people that like, I felt it just, it felt, I felt good. It felt mm-hmm. really good to um, be in that industry. Plus mm-hmm. I grew up playing sports and being an athlete. And I really liked that CrossFit made me feel like that's what I was doing is I was continuing developing my athletic abilities and skills mm-hmm. versus just, you know, when you worked out, you, you just went to, you know, Gold's Gym and mm-hmm. you just, you like did buys and tries and legs or you know, abs and back or whatever the, the, the old, <laughs> what was ever on the schedule today? <laughs> yeah. So when, whenever you were out there competing, um, with your, with the CrossFit games, how, how did it feel being just like all the people cheering you on? And, um, how, how was that experience for you? Um, were, were mean, you, were you like, real? Because, because it's like, you know, I, I've never competed at the level that you have competed at with, um, like the CrossFit games, I've done a couple throwdowns and like some local gyms and stuff, but, um, there's definitely some technique and skill that I absolutely lack that I just, I've never, I've never trained those skills to get better at, but I know that feeling. I know that feeling of that person next to you. Like, even if you're friends with them, like they're, they're like your worst enemy and you're going to beat them down. And so how was that? Like, did, did, like, because you're, you're kind of, you went from like this dancing, you know, where it's like, it's just kind of like a solo thing. It's kind of like a team thing too. But then it's like on the flip side of things, now you're doing CrossFit where you're looking at the person next to you being like, I don't know, I don't know what it's going to take, but like, 
I'm I'm gonna beat I'm gonna beat you and I'm gonna win. How was that? How was that mindset like? Like whenever you first experienced that, were you like, okay, this is rad? Well, uh, okay. So I will say this: um, when I decided to actually train for the CrossFit Games, it was when I had I had moved to California. I was no longer competing on a team. I was working out to like be fit, and I was spectating at the games in twenty. Uh, 13. Mm-hmm. And I was just watching. This wasn't my first time watching. The year prior, I watched online. Mm-hmm. But it was my first time being there. And I'm watching. And I mean, at this point, I've been doing CrossFit for a long time, mm-hmm. but I had never like fully committed to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Because it hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, I was doing it to like for fitness, but I hadn't done it. I hadn't done it yet to like be my job or my mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I never did it for it to be my career. I just mm-hmm. did it because it was. I liked being athletic and I wanted, I like, and I like being good at things. Mm -hmm. Um, I made the decision that I wanted to do that. I was watching all the athletes in the Coliseum and I'm like, I want to do that. And so I linked back up with Tommy, my, my first coach and he started programming for me. So I trained by myself in California for the 20, getting ready for the 2014 season. And I, had told myself, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to do all my training every single day and I'm going to, you know, do my best and do the open or or whatever and see what happens. And if at the end of this, the end of this year, I hate it and I don't enjoy it, then I'm done. You know, I'm going to commit one year to commit one year to doing this. At the time I'd been living in Santa Cruz, I was, uh, first job I had there was I washed towels at a hair salon Mm. and I missed my family and there wasn't any dance there for me. Um, not really a lot of good, like adult classes. I would have to drive pretty far to go and do that. So this kind of, you know, committing myself to CrossFit was a really great, it replaced a lot of these voids that I was kind of feeling. And, um, you know, I, I trained and went to regionals in 2014 first time competing in the NorCal region before they made it to California region. And I won the first event. I totally surprised myself. I had no idea how much better I had actually gotten because I always trained by myself. Mm. Like, and you'll hear, like, you know, I, I used to obviously used to hear it a lot more because I was more in, in the scene, but you would hear a lot of people say like, you need to train with people who are better than you. I have an R I argue that actually. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, I think that it, it probably depends a lot on your abilities mm-hmm. because if you're actually not that skill, skillful or not that good at certain things that you need to be good at, then you have to be with people who are better than you because that's the only way you're going to learn the technique and be able to see how it's supposed to be done. But I didn't have any problem with that. So I will say with my dance background, one, and I have extremely good body awareness and I am very, I move very well. Mm-hmm. And I learn really well by watching someone do something and then just doing it myself because that's all dance is. It's choreography. It's, you know, you're mimicking, you're watching, and then you don't need a mirror. I was already so used to like being able to see something and then put it in your own body. Except for uh, TikTok dances that are- Except for TikTok. <laughs> it's it, better, well, you know, in a dance class, you don't look at them in the mirror. Right, you you exactly. stand behind them. Um, so for me, I actually think that from training by myself, 
that is how I built up my mental fortitude. Mm. Because mm-hmm. in the, the the reality is this: unless you're on a team, mm-hmm. you're out there by yourself. Mm-hmm. And even and it's not a combat. You know, you're not like you're not. It's not a physical sport where you're like you're not playing football. Mm-hmm. You're not going to like push someone over. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm how fast someone next to you is going, no matter how bad you want to kill them, no matter how bad you want to win, if you yourself, if you cannot make yourself push harder when you're already past your limit, mm-hmm. I mean, no one's going to the CrossFit games and out there like holding back. Right. People don't stand back, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you can't make yourself go, like, at least that's how it was for me. Mm-hmm. If I can't convince myself to find another gear or to figure something out or to pick the bar up when I want to put it down because I am bleeding and I'm exhausted, no amount of someone beating me mm-hmm. will motivate mm-hmm. me. And and for some people, that is the motivation that they mm-hmm. need. Mm-hmm. For me, it was it not. Because when you are at such a depleted state, exhausted mentally, emotionally, if I, if like for me, it doesn't like to give, to try and like flip that switch, hmm. the feeling of losing, like if I see someone who's edging on me and obviously this, it's, this can like be different in different scenarios, right? This isn't going to be like an every single, every single uh, time thing, but the idea of like, you know, my coach used to say when we would train, <laughs> I used to put my headphones in. Uh, he would like, you know, he would like create a scenario. This is kind of like what I'm talking about. So like I'm doing this workout and he'd be like, all right, um, you know, so-and-so is right on your tail and buddy, yada, and they're going to, they're coming and blah, blah, blah. I mean, obviously it was way better than what I'm doing right now, but you can <laughs> tell how much I enjoyed it. And it's like, I finally told him, I'm like, listen, the f- I'm like, I'm an, I'm an anxious person. I, I, you know, I have anxiety. I get stressed, whatever. The idea of someone, if I'm already pushing myself to my limit, like I'm not holding back. If I'm already giving it everything I have, and if 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 I'm giving it everything I have, and it's just not good enough, because mm. on the day of competition, all you can control is how fit you are. Mm. And in that moment, you can't get fitter. You yeah. can only be smarter. Yeah. You know, you can only, it's like it's all mind. It's it's all mind control mm. and your thoughts and what you're telling yourself and how you get through it but there's nothing that's going to make your body be faster. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like the feeling of that stress of you better get going (laughs) because (laughs) so-and-so is on your tail. If I'm already giving my hundred percent, hundred percent, it's like, they got it. They have it then. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. have anything else to give. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, you know, the ability to have a, a conversation with myself in the middle of a competition or, a workout and training out for a run, right? Um, the ability that it takes practice mm-hmm. to be able to take maybe not so positive thoughts mm-hmm. and spin them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and spin them, spin them in a way that all of a sudden you have, you're energized mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. all just done from your thoughts. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with your, your body or, or the, you know, the level you compete at or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, People that are incredible athletes in the gym, there's tons of them. They don't compete well because this. Because of the mind. You know? 
And, and it really is like, I, I will say like, uh, not everyone has it. And, and I think some people kind of get upset when they hear that hard reality, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there were things that I realized, you know, competing that like sucked to think about, uh, for one, the idea when they, you know, living in a region like Cal- California regional, when you've got how many games athletes oh, yeah. to go to that region, to do the open and then go to that region and have put scores on a board that in many other regions, you would have ran away with first place. Mm-hmm. But in your region, you're like, yeah. like barely staying alive. You know, like there were certain things where like that right there is like, this is bullshit. Like how, you know, I remember going, I had, I ranted uh, just a long time ago, but I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, how can you say, <laughs> so upset. How can you say you're having a competition with like the fittest, you know, yeah, the fittest or- individuals on earth. If you have all these people who are left out of the field, right. Who should have been in there, mm-hmm. you know? And the hard reality that I had to face was like, just the way that it is, Brooke, get fitter. Yeah. It's, and that's, and that's what's it's true. Sucked. It's like, well, it's true. you know, cause you saw some people that were moving to other regions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they, it's actually funny. I felt this stress when they made all of California one region. So mm-hmm. they used to have NorCal, SoCal, right? Mm-hmm. I do remember it, that. Yeah. Then it was like all of California. And I remember being terrified. Yeah. This is my, and this is like, it's only my second time competing, right? It is an individual athlete. And, um, my coach, you know, there was this thought of like, well, I actually, you know, I'm a permanent res- resident in Utah. I lived in mm-hmm. California. And so there was this thought of like me, you know, moving home just for the period of time I needed to be home through the open mm-hmm. and then compete mm-hmm. in the West or mm-hmm. whatever the Southwest region or whatever, whatever one it was. And finally it came down to it. And my coach, you know, we decided like, don't no. be a pussy. Yeah. Just step up to the step up to the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and it's, and it's not that I would say anyone else who moved, uh, I would never, I wouldn't call him a pussy for that, mm-hmm. but like, it definitely was a feeling that we had for me of right. like, yes, this is a much harder region mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's true. And mm-hmm. nothing's going to change that, mm-hmm. but let's just get, let's just make you better mm-hmm. than the field. And, you know, you do what you can in the amount of time you have. And that's what's crazy about CrossFit too when you compete, you know, and that's why one reason why I stopped competing was it is so easy to get so it's like a time warp, you know, so sucked in that your year, everything about your entire year revolves becomes, around, revolves around mm-hmm. the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't even realize how much time years are passing mm-hmm. and getting older. Um, until it's like too late because mm-hmm. as soon as you finish a season, you know, whoever, you know, Jane Doe or whatever, who's been trying to go to they convince they're a games athlete and they're trying to go to the CrossFit games and they do, they are very fit and very strong, but they're just never going to be that. Mm-hmm. So they keep competing, right? Like they finished the re- finish regionals or now all the, uh, other events they have, um, <laughs> And then they don't perform as well as they wanted to, and they didn't qualify, and they really thought it was their year. So what do they do? They start focusing on the next year. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you're like, holy shit, my parents are so much older, and mm-hmm. my all my nieces and nephews are grown up, mm-hmm. and where have I been? Why mm-hmm. haven't I gone on any family vacations? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, I mean, that's a, a big reason why I stopped competing. Is mm-hmm. like, 
I loved it. Mm-hmm. But once you, like, and one thing that really kind of pulled me out of that, and it was, I was forced to sit on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a cervical fusion. I mean, if I wouldn't have had that, who knows? I'd probably still be, I'd probably still be out there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, you know, but it was like, I always thought about, I mean, I had the, the thought process, the conversation about the idea of this hamster wheel that we're on basically. And you kind of get sucked into it, but it wasn't until I was forced to sit out, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was devastating mm-hmm. by the way. I bet. I bet. Um, but when I was forced to sit out, I, I just kind of like real, I recognized those things even more, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm very close with my family and, uh, I've, I've enjoyed being able to, you know, not have so much pressure on me to get all my, my training sessions Mm -hmm, in, mm -hmm. um, when I'm home, it's like, Oh, my dad needs my help at the ranch. It's like done. Right. I'm there. Mm -hmm. Was going to go to the gym. Not anymore. I'm going to move. Hey, that's what I'm Mm going to do. And that's going to be my workout. Mm -hmm. And that freedom of being able to be kind of learn and play new sports, um, go and just do, you know, be a, like be able to serve, you know, Mm -hmm. and be there for my, my family. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And I know that it probably sounds so ridiculous for some people, you know, the idea that like, oh, well, you're just because you're a CrossFit Games athlete or, or you're training for the, you know, you're training for the games, like you should still show up and like mm-hmm. be to those things. Like mm-hmm. there's no reason why you can't go do mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. But in reality, there are reasons why you don't end up going and doing those things. You don't cool. go to all the, all the events. You don't go to, you know, one-off things that people need help with because when you've put all your focus and time and energy into your training. Mm-hmm. You, you can't afford to like, mm-hmm. you can't afford to, yeah. you know, to miss some, miss a day or, or miss something, you know, all the time. Plus Whenever- you are crazy. I mean, you're, we're all, we all were a little bit crazy. No yeah. one's going to the CrossFit games and it's like not a little bit. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, whenever, whenever you had to go through like this, the cervical, uh, infusion and stuff, did you, did you feel like that you were losing your identity, not being a CrossFit games competitor? Did you struggle with that at all? Um, a little bit, but I really struggled with it when I, um, came back from filming wonder woman and I competed at regionals in 2016 and I, and I was like one point away from qualifying. Mm. And, um, cause 2015, I won my region, right. I was terrified, crushed it, won yeah. my, re- won the California regional, went on to the CrossFit games, had a great showing only ever been to the CrossFit games one time, mm-hmm. um, went and filmed the movies, which was, a, it was a, you know, opportunity of a lifetime to experience right. that. I mean, and it was nuts. And there was a lot of things I did not like about it. Um, came home with E. coli, was super sick. I had such, such bad tendonitis in my knee, um, Mm. out there that I didn't, I couldn't even sit on the toilet Mm. without leaning into the wall first. Like I didn't go below parallel. I couldn't jerk, Mm. um, for six weeks. How long, how long were you out there filming, um, with Wonder Woman? Uh, about three months. Oh, wow. That was a long time. Yeah. So whenever, whenever you went back and you competed again and you were one point away from, making qualifying. the cut for, yeah, qualifying for regionals. Did you, did you, or, uh, sorry for the games. Yeah. For the games. qualifying for the games. 
Um, did, did you blame, did you blame like, because, you know, you kind of went from like, you were super structured to be like, oh, I'll give myself a little bit of leadway. I'm going to go like film for Wonder Woman. Did you, did you, were you really hard on yourself? Because like you kind of uh, gave up some of your training regimen to go and film. No, because I already, I already made that decision mm. beforehand. I mean, mm. I almost turned the opportunity down. Wow. You know, it was, a, it was a decision that I made with my coaches. Yeah. I almost turned it down because in my so, mind, hold on, wait, it, I have, yeah, I have to pause you for when, whenever yeah. we were talking about like people being crazy, this is, this is an instance of, of Brooke being crazy of turning <laughs> it down because she was probably was afraid that you couldn't like, you know, you didn't want to miss your Train. training. Am I right? Yeah. Or am I right? Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I almost turned it down because first when I, when they called me, I thought, Oh, I'll be in LA. Yeah. I'll just Where like, you, you know, there's gyms down there. I was not in LA. I was in the UK. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, um, when I found that out, I was like, oh, that won't do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, there's no way. And so I, I almost turned it down for a few reasons. One, um, I wanted to do it, but something that I love so much is especially in my sport or in a lot of things, but it's like making in that, in that case, it was making my coaches proud. Mm. And that didn't mean I had to win. You know, I made them proud by us creating a plan and me sticking to it. And that's exactly how I won regionals in 2015. Um, I just didn't dare go and do that when we've put in all this time. Um, you know, and I went to the games, I had a great showing. And I was on cloud nine and then I, then I got cast for a movie and I was like, what? Yeah. This is so nuts. You know, it's like, all I wanted to do was perform and I moved to California. I didn't go, I didn't move to New York. I'm not dancing. I'm not singing. I'm and then worked, now at, all a, of worked sudden, at a hair yeah. salon mm-hmm. and now I work at a coffee shop and I coach CrossFit and I'm at the CrossFit games. And now I'm getting a phone call for a movie. Like this mm-hmm. is crazy how life works. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I almost said no. I talked to my coaches. We decided, Brooke, you know, it was basically this. It was like, if you, if you don't, if you say no and you train and you go to regionals and you don't qualify, how will you feel? Mm-hmm. Cause that's a possibility, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, and if you, let's say you did do it and you go to regionals and you didn't qualify. Well, I'd probably be a little bit bummed, but the, all in all, the fact is that like an opportunity, like a movie doesn't come around all the time, especially to someone who doesn't act. Like I did musical theater growing up. I got casted because a lot of things and skills I have, and I've acquired over the years of my whole life, lended a huge hand. Like I never, I never acted, but in musical theater, mm-hmm. you know, I've always been in the arts, but we decided, you know, that opportunity doesn't just pop up the CrossFit season, it's every year. In fact, as soon as regionals are over, if you didn't qualify, you already start, you already start training for the next year. So even if you didn't qualify, it would suck, but it starts over. Like, we don't know if you would get another phone call for a blockbuster movie, you know? Well, and then, and then one as iconic as Wonder Woman. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's like such an iconic movie base, but basically uh, my coaches are like, you are arguably the strongest female in the field. And with, you know, numbers I was putting up and my showing at the games, he's like, so, you know, if you were to lose a little bit of your strength, you know, while you're over there because of training schedule 
equipment available. Um, he's like, it wouldn't hurt you, you know? And we felt really confident that I would be okay. Um, I did the how, open while I was over there. Yeah. How was your training over there? How did you like maintain all of that? Well, for like the first, so all of January and most of February, I was in the UK and they had built out a epic gym um, where they trained everybody, but I would go in there early in the morning. And while everyone would kind of do like their group training, I just did my own training and I did the open. Like I did my, a couple of my open workouts, I actually did um, at a local CrossFit gym there because I needed someone who could judge me. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there was a couple of times like uh, one of my favorite memories. I don't remember what workout it was. It was fucking miserable. <laughs> but Jason Momoa, him and I became, we were, we were homies because so I didn't know this. So a lot of you guys probably didn't know this either, but when people are working on a movie or, you know, a show, I imagine, but a movie, um, it takes, you know, it might take so much time of prepping. So if you need to look the part, Mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, when I got out there for the movie, I didn't need time in the gym Mm -hmm. because I already looked the part Mm -hmm. that they knew I looked, Mm -hmm. but all the other girls who, I mean, even all the extras, like everyone who play, who was an Amazon that was on set, they would go to work like your job and to go to work, they would, they'd go to the studio and they would work at, they would train and then they Mm. would go home, you know? So, you know, Jason wasn't shooting right then and there, but he was in the gym every day for all Mm. his training sessions. And then they were, apparently they shoot a lot of movies over there because there's no unions. So I imagine Mm. they save a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I learned that too. Um, but yeah, doing the open in the gym there, uh, it got a lot harder when we left for Italy because we shot, uh, on location. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, it's every day, hurry up and wait. So I'd wake up in the morning. I would go to the gym that they were in Italy. So they had some stuff shipped there. Didn't have a lot. I had my rings hung up in a tree outside. Um, <laughs> I'd go to the gym at five in the morning. I'd work out for about, I do what I could for like 40 minutes. And then I'd have to go back. We'd have to get breakfast and all of us would have to be um, showered. And then in the hair and makeup chair by uh, I think 7 AM or before that. And then you'd be in the hair and makeup chair for however long that took. And then we would go, we'd be bussed or whatever to our onsite. And for the long time, for a long time, we were shooting this beach scene, which they only used a couple clips from, but it took us forever to shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would just sit. But we had days where we did nothing. Oh. I mean, this, this is what really got to me. I mean, everyone else there is like kind of a lot of people like they know what they're signed up for. Right. A few, a few of us cast Amazons came from industries that don't, we don't do this. So we're yeah. all like, what are we doing? Know? Yeah. So it was a lot. I mean, it was, you're exhausted. Uh, just sitting in the sun in your outfit all day um, can't leave and go do anything because they might need you. Mm. You know, Mm. like they may never, they don't even end up shooting you or shooting Mm. your scene, but you have to be there in case they Mm -hmm. do want you. Mm -hmm. And um, that was very hard for my, you know, competitive, like want to get my training in brain Mm-hmm. So I would train early in the morning as much as I could in like 30, 40 minutes. And then I'm that you did that every day. 
And then the weekend would come and I would finally do like a much, a bigger training session on like Saturday because we didn't film on Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So then I was kind of like, uh, a lot of people out there were not super friendly mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And it was very weird. I, you know, I was my first time being in it, in an, having an experience where I hadn't realized, um, that not everyone is into health and fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up where my, we were always active, you know, my whole family, like people around me, like neighbors and kids and you're playing sports. So you're like, everyone eats healthy. You care about what you put in your body, you know? And, and I was really into, you know, my sport. And so you're caring more about what you put in your body, but I show up there and I'm like, everyone's chain smoking. I was like, Holy oh, shit. wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have expected I was like, that. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Blew my mind. You know, like these really, you had like women on the show, on the movie that were like models that were brought in for, you know, to play, like be an Amazon in a, a yeah. scene or some shit. And they're over there just, just so thin and long and lean and just drinking coffee and chain smoking. Oh and like, don't, my. They don't eat. And I'm like, man, this, I just had no idea. Like that's, mm-hmm. it blew my mind. Cause then mm-hmm. I was the weird one. Mm-hmm. So on the weekends when I would need to get my training in, everyone else had gone on a bender after not just, not just, not people, not just the people in the movie, but like everyone working on it. Right. You got like tons of people grips. You got everyone who's all the, all the costume department, all the ex, you know, all of the stunt guys and girls, you've got all the horse people that are doing all working with all the horses. Like so many people that goes into like make doing this whole production. And I was the one that people are like, what is she doing? Getting up and working out. Yeah. Mm. And man, it fucked with me. Yeah, my mind. I bet. That, I, bet. The, I, I uh, <laughs> it was a good experience, but I will tell you that I had a much better experience working with Zack Snyder on the Justice League than I did on the Wonder Woman. So how was the Justice League then? And when did you, when did you do that? When did you? So I went back, um, I went back the f- August of 2016 Mm -hmm. to shoot that. But all of that was green screen. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. like on site when you're doing it on location. If you don't get the shot, I mean, then you have to, you go back to that same one. You have to get, get it where the lights in the same, the sun's in the same spot and everything looks the same. Mm -hmm. So I think imagine it just takes a lot longer to complete all the shot lists. Um, but yeah, completely different 180. Um, it was incredible working with Zach. In fact, the only reason I was even called for an audition because was because of Zack Snyder had found a photo of me oh and I would show up and I'd go into the gym now I've got the big gym because I'm back we're back at in the UK mm-hmm. so we're at the Warner Brothers studio and him this is the director of the film him and his entire team all of his like assistant directors they would be finished they worked out together every morning in the gym lifting. They worked out together at like 6 a.m. And then they'd finish up shower. He Then Zach would like get in his like super, super cool, like hipster, like chucks and pants and like a, like a vest with like his watch looks so cool. And then they go to work all day mm. and they would kind of do that. You know, they, it was just such a different, and that's mm-hmm. when I realized, okay, not every production is the same because right. I left, I left wonder woman thinking I will never do this again. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like miserable. Yeah. You know, at a certain point when I was out there, I was like, if you're not, I actually, I was like, if you're not going to use me, send me home. Yeah. 
and that and that was a conversation that I actually had with, right. yeah. with, with the director of the movie. Right. Because there was just so much that like for me, you know, it's like I didn't search for you. Mm-hmm. I didn't like search out this opportunity. And I had was having a hard time not only dealing with um the chirping I could hear people saying about me, the conversations about steroids. Oh. Like, I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty yeah. ridiculous. I'm like, yeah. here, I, here I am, you know, right. on, like a, on like a women, strong women, like women support women film. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was not, um, there was so much good. And the girls that were on it with me that were, there was a few of us that were cast Amazons. My friend Madeline, she was a, she's a retired Thai boxer. I mean, oh. this chick is fierce. Yeah. My friend Ann Harrod, she is a detective in Wales and she does CrossFit. Um, you know, a lot of friends that I made when I was there that I will be friends with forever, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely, there were some things that, uh, were hard for me to, I think, let go, you know, like when you deal, you know, when you, when trolls, you know, people are saying negative things about you or whatever, you have to like, learn to like, let them go. Cause yeah. you're like, well, they don't actually know who they don't actually know me. It's, it's hard, it's hard though. It, it yes. is hard. I mean, I, th- I, I oh. can, you know, we still deal with that. I know that you still deal yeah. with that. You know, it's like the negativity always seems to be louder than the, the positivity that's out there. So, oh, yeah. But when um, I, so being there, I mean, I had a great time and there were people that made up for the people that were kind of shitty, but I left thinking like, man, I don't think this is for me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, and it wasn't that I thought like, oh, I'm going to have this huge like movie career now. No, I didn't think that. Um, but you know, there's the idea of like, you know, I always thought it'd be cool to like be in a movie or like do these things. And I kind of thought like, well, no, maybe not, not for me, you know, and that's okay. But I had to go back to do the justice league. And I got there and I was like, it was like such a breath of fresh air. Right. Just the whole vibe of the Mm -hmm. whole of the set and the people and the Mm -hmm. teams was just Mm -hmm. different. And Mm -hmm. it was because that's when I realized like, okay, you know, it really comes down to like, who is the, Mm -hmm. you know, the production team Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the director and how are they kind of running their set? Like how do they work together? And Mm -hmm. it was really cool to see, you know, the camaraderie or like the um, Zack Snyder's sort of production team or uh, for direct, you know, directing or whatever. I'm like, I don't even know if the correct term, Um, (laughs) but they really, you know, they did a lot of fitness together. They, you know, they worked out. Um, There was a much more, healthy or like health conscious mm-hmm. uh, vibe on mm-hmm. set, mm-hmm. even, even down to like this, like the snacks and food and drinks, things that were available to anyone right. working. Yeah. So I had a much better experience experience there. Yeah. Today's show is brought to you by 10,000. They make some of the highest quality, best fitting, and most comfortable training shorts in the game. I gave my husband, Blue, some of their tactical shorts. This is the ultimate combination of durability, mobility, versatility, and the interval short, which is the most versatile short perfect for any workout. The tactical short was developed and tested with over 50 special ops members who put it to the test by rucking, swimming, lifting, and just all around beating it up, producing 
The ultimate tough workout shorts. The interval short is their most versatile style, perfect for gym days, spinning, short runs, and backyard workouts. They both have great features like permanent anti-odor protection, an optional liner that is very comfortable, and prevents chafing. It's a four-way stretch and breathable and lightweight shell fabric. I can definitely attest to these shorts. Not only do they look good, uh, he has amazing legs anyways, very muscular, uh, but he wears these shorts when we're running down the beach. Uh, He does tend to get chafing at times because he has the big tree trunk, strong legs, uh, and they prevent the chafing. So these are awesome pair of shorts that you can uh, buy it from yourself or you can buy them for... um, for your husband, for your boyfriend, um, whoever. So at the heart of 10,000 is a stoic dedication to continuous improvement, every day faster, every day stronger, every day better than yesterday. They don't believe in overnight success, miracle drugs, cure-alls, quick fixes, or shortcuts. They believe in grit, tenacity, and grinding. 10,000 is offering our listeners 15% off of your purchase. Go to 10,000.cc reborn15 to receive 15% off of your purchase. That is 10,000.cc slash reborn15 to get 15% off. And even my boys who are getting really into sports, as you guys know, if you follow me on social media, uh, even they, some of their tops and stuff, they're, 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 they fit so well and they're so comfortable. Um, Cash, my middle boy, is really, really into it. Even though the tops are a little bit bigger for him right now, he just loves the way that they feel. And I guess probably the way that they look, but more, you know, more so the way that they feel whenever he's doing all the athletic stuff um, from playing football, to playing on the beach. So definitely check these uh, this apparel line out. It's really, really high quality, guys. I have felt this. I've given it as gifts to Blue. Uh, my boys love it. Um, I even have one of their sweatshirts, uh, and it's one of the most comfortable sweatshirts that I own. So check them out. Thank you, 10,000, for sponsoring today's Reborn podcast. You're a powerhouse in the industry, and you know Brooke Ents the brand. Um, you know it, it reaches like you know CrossFit, but like I mean, you're a sh- very strong, very empowering female figure, and just not only like the fitness industry, but just leading females and in the business realm. So I like when did um, when did you realize like okay. Brooke Entz, like this is a brand and cause you, you have the naked program. When, when did that happen? Like, when did this kind of evolve that you're like, okay, um, you know, dancing did that CrossFit getting like some movie things and you started kind of creating your own brand. Um, did that, was that intentional or did it just kind of like happen? Like building your social media platform? Can you kind of talk about that? I think it's really interesting. Probably like a lot of listeners now we have like these younger, like the younger generations coming up um, and you know people are wanting to be I hate the term um, like social media influencers yeah I just I hate that term but it's like I just I do too like I don't even you know before I even was like an influencer I I was a bona fide fitness model and this was like before I got all my tattoos and said you know fuck it and you know decided to get all tatted up because you know whatever I wanted to be my own person and you know 
But like when, like when did you realize that like Brookends, you're like, all right, this is a brand and we're going to freaking blow it out of the water and this is who I am. And like, you're going to pave your path to just like you, what you have done. Man, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. I don't even know. I don't even know if I, if I realize that I'm a brand now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why people love you though, because it's, it's humility and it's, it's because you're real, you know, um, you are a brand. Brookins is a brand. You are a brand girl. It is, it is a brand. I, I will tell you though, I never, that wasn't your, there that was, you, you weren't like, no. okay, like the, I'm going to brand this Brookins. Like, this is who I am. This is my brand. It just kind of no, happened. It just happened. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, with like naked and things like that, you know, I, for years I had people kind of emailing me or messaging me, like if I would program for them or if I had a program available and I just didn't feel good about doing that because at the time there were a lot of people, I feel like, you know, be on the whiteboard or whatever they were just, they were selling their program. So mm -hmm. it was like, you could basically do exactly what they were doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in my mind, I thought that was kind of reckless mm -hmm. or it would be like an easy way to make money. Right. But I didn't feel, I almost like I didn't feel good about doing that. I needed to have more time or mm -hmm. have the proper team to be able to create something um, intentional. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't have been intentional if I was just, you know, having, getting people paid or getting paid by people just following the exact same thing that I'm doing every day. Would have been, you know, maybe I should have, maybe I'd have more money saved, but <laughs> what, what um, so when did the naked program come about and, and what is that? <laughs> well, I, I remember I was just talking to my, my business partner, um, and the mastermind, but Jacob Hutton, I was talking to him about it, about people wanting me to do it. And he was like, you know, he's like, you should, he's like, I'll help you. And then I was like, ah, oh, he's like, think about it. And I'm like, okay. And I was flying back to California, I was driving somewhere. And I remember I was just driving maybe from like the airport back to my house in California. And I was like, it was just like this. Okay. I'm doing it. I called Jake and I was like, let's do it. And that is kind of how I've made a lot of decisions. Mm. Um, I just get the feeling of that. I want to do something or, yeah, I, you know, I, I want this or mm -hmm. how to fix that. And, and I kind of just go with that gut feeling mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. of the time. Um, but I did, I had this feeling of like, yep, it's time. Like up until now, hasn't been a good time, but now it does feel like a good time. And I've got Jake and it's going to be, you know, it's, it's not just me. Um, and then we started and I liked the naked program because I, I liked calling it naked. Cause it was kind of like, look good naked. Like, yeah. you know, and that you have someone who's like really overweight who wants to lose weight and look and feel good and look good naked, right? But you also have a flip side, someone like myself or you, where sometimes I feel like I look better naked than I uh -huh. do in clothes. Yeah, you know? I agree. <laughs> and like, it's kind of irritating. Like I see girls that look so cute in these outfits right. and then I go to try the outfit on and I was like, come on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I actually would love to hire someone just to teach me how to dress for my body. Like mm -hmm. I know how to dress myself, you know, but shopping is tough. Mm -hmm. Like going out and shopping and really online shopping. Cause that's when you live somewhere where there's not really stores at your hand, you know, then Dude, everything I, is online. I like, I, I'm not a shopper. Like I'll do, I'll shop online. I order my groceries online. I'm definitely very much like a, 
I don't know. I'm either, well, here we're doing the podcast at my restaurant, the, my coffee whiskey bar, but I'm either here or I'm at my gym or I'm at my house. Like I just, you know, if I have to, I had to like run to Ulta or something, but it was literally just in and out. Like I like, I am such a, uh, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't do a whole lot of, I don't have time. I actually just, I don't have time. I don't want to like go try clothes on in a fitting room. I just, you know, so I, that's very, very relatable. Um, so what else is going on? Like with you, what else do you, do you have anything coming up in the work? So we have the naked program. Talk to me about the, the supplement line with, uh, Dana. Yeah. Um, because that was a rebrand and you're doing that. Well, and there's, I mean, I've, I've, so I can tell you all the things that I've done. Some of the things I don't do anymore or for the time being. So I launched and swear I started doing clothing. That was just an opportunity that sort of fell into my lap. Mm-hmm. Um, and you closed I that, that down. I closed that down because at a, so, uh, what I started noticing is I just didn't have, I didn't have uh, the proper team or mm-hmm. team size so I needed to be really invested in everything for that or mm-hmm. things weren't going the way they needed to. But every once in a while, when I had to take my focus, like we'd launch something, then I would take my focus off of that because I have to focus on one, my training, but two, I got to focus on some naked stuff. Or if you have sponsors, you got to focus mm-hmm. on, you got to keep on the sponsors happy. Next yeah. thing I know, you know, it's like nothing's been happening with, with Enswear. So it's like, I got business partners, the old business partners, the ones that I had, it, you know, ended, ended poorly. Um, we're fine, but, uh, mm, anyone who starts a business or is, you know, doing that sometimes, you you know, you learn who not to work with. Oh, basically. Yeah. I, I think oh. anybody, I think anybody who's owned a business, dude, it honestly, it all comes down to making the right hires. And that's what I have learned. I mean, I was a very young entrepreneur at a young age, always went with my gut feeling. In fact, this feel, this building that I'm in right now just drove by it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy that building. Just, you know, no really recollection to, you know, it was just like, oh yeah, I'm going to start a coffee whiskey bar. Do I know anything about coffee? Nope. nope. Do I know anything about whiskey? <laughs> nope. But I think I just want to start a coffee whiskey bar. And then, you know, you bring people in cause it's kind of like a passion project and you're like, yeah, I want to do it. And you entrust these people to, you know, carry out the businesses like that you like have poured your time and effort in. Dude, there was one time, uh, this was before American brew was at when, before I bought this building, but I went, my team thought that I was out of town and I was like flying over to Haiti, but I ended up like, I ended up stopping here for a day. I went by my coffee shop, the, the older location. And it was like in the middle of the day and it was closed. And I like called my manager. I'm like, why did you close this? Why did you close? And she's like, Oh, I was tired. I needed a break. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I was like, (laughs) yeah, I was like, you have an idea. I was like, you have two hours to get back to the coffee shop and to open it up because I'm entrusting you with my business when I'm gone. Didn't do it. She was tired. She needed a break. I'm like, do you even know what hard work is? Anyways, we learn a lot from our experiences and we learn a lot about what not to do. And, uh, I mean, I've made some really bad mistakes and I think over time I have grown to be a better leader. And a lot of it has been through the mistakes that I have made through the wrong hires or like not communicating my, um, my, like what I expect, my expectations. I mean, it was the same thing too. I used to have a gym that was open to the public and, um, 
I, I just, it kept falling into, I couldn't be there. I couldn't be there all the time and run the gym. I couldn't be there all the time and run my coffee shop. And it was almost like this balance. Like I would go and focus on one and then the other would fall. I would focus on this one to try to, you know, like put out all the fires to fix, you know, somebody quit. So I have to pick up all that shit. And then the other one would fall. And, um, I ended up closing, I ended up closing my gym that was American sled dogs to the public. And then I closed it down, um, like forever. Um, and it, it was difficult for a while. Like I kind of felt, I felt like I had either failed, you know, the competitive nature of like who we are. It, it took a lot of, um, it was tough. I think because I was wanting to be prideful, like I didn't want to feel like that I had failed at something. And, it just came down to like, it wasn't right for me at that time in my life and my season. It didn't mean that I had to give up any of my training, yeah. like athletically. I just had to pivot. I had to pivot and, and do something else. And, um, some things just like, they don't, they don't work out. And it doesn't necessarily mean Brooke that it's forever. It doesn't mean yeah. that it's forever. I think it's just a seasonal thing. And, um, I can definitely relate because I like to do all the things. Like if I could go like mountain biking, snowboarding, get out on the jet ski, go climb a mountain all in one day and then go build fences, you know, out on a farm and ride horses all in one day, I'd do it. <laughs> like I want to do yeah. all the things. But um, it, did you, did you, whenever you decided to close down and swear, was that difficult for you or were you like, no, I'm done. Peace out. Um. It was difficult, but it wasn't at the same time. So like, I've gotten very good at pivoting, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and there were just some things that were happening, um, you know, and it's, there's another company that I, I, I helped start that we're going to, we're getting ready to kind of sell all the last inventory and we're not, they're not going to keep going, keep doing it anymore. And I won't say what that is because they haven't announced it yet. But it's just, I think um, you got to have the right team, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm a visionary. Mm -hmm. I, have, I am too. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of ideas all the time. I mean, and, a, you know, it's a lot of good ones. But if I don't have the funds or the people, mm -hmm. then nothing ever comes of it, right? Mm -hmm. Um but I have done uh, of uh, quite a few different business ventures and it's been a learning process. So when I was realizing that I couldn't, I just couldn't do answer anymore. It was, I don't make, you know, I've, I've had some passion projects and that is one. And for a long time, not when I first launched it, but when I got new business partners to replace the ones that weren't working out so well, well, they, what seems like a good idea was in fact not a better situation. It was people that sh should know what they're doing, but weren't doing things in a way that was like, oh, you know what you're doing. So, you know, not making money from something that is taking so much time after so long, I basically got to a point where I, I through COVID, like different companies, you know, changed their had to pivot in how they were working with athletes or sponsored athletes or things like that. But I, and I was liking, I was narrowing down who my sponsors were because I didn't, I didn't want to have a bunch of sponsors anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was just to a point where I was like, I can't justify this anymore. And 
prior to now, or, you know, when I, we close it down, it was, it was fine because I had so much money coming in from sponsors, but I'm not, I don't have that anymore. So I need to have, if I'm going to have a business or I'm going to be doing, putting all this time into something, it needs to be paying off because I can no longer not need money, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so it was really just a decision that was like, at some point I'll probably, you know, get back into clothing in some capacity, whether it's like me doing it or if I'm working with someone different. Um, but for the time being, it was, I've just, we've got to close it down because I can't afford it anymore. And I need mm-hmm. to be able to afford to, you know, to live and pay my mortgage. And I was living in California single. Um, but naked has done great. Mm-hmm. And I really love, um, I've always been one, been someone who likes to put my eggs in a lot of different baskets same, you know, and do a lot of different things. Same. Um, and I have, I have a lot of things that I still want to do and mm-hmm. full, you know, business ideas. And one that was almost to fruition, but I just had to, you know, had to take a break for a little while and like figure some stuff out. Uh, well, you pivot. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I had just bought a house in, in, uh, Santa Cruz. And I think I owned it for like six months and I had to sell it. Mm. You know, there were some things that changed, um, business wise and like financially, uh, (laughs) at like, mm, just so quick. And Mm -hmm. so on, like, um, there was no way to prepare for it. And Mm -hmm. for me, it was like, I can, uh, there's no way. I can, I should, I should be justifying how I'm going to pay my mortgage Mm -hmm. when there wasn't a ton keeping me in California. I mean, Mm -hmm. I had lived there for so long, Mm -hmm. you know, my life was there. All my best friends are there, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it was like that. It like at that point, that wasn't enough Mm -hmm. for me to justify it. You know, so I sold my house, pivoted, Moved back to Utah. Um, I start was trying to. I didn't want to resign with FNX. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do for supplements, and that was when um, Dana and Rob they had talked to me about how they were rebranding mm-hmm. their supplement company, and you know I love supporting her, and it's been really fun to be an athlete for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love their rebrand. I think it's extremely powerful. Like every, like everything that they've done. Uh, what I have really tried to get better at, which I think this might resonate with you because it really, really has resonated with me is that there's, there's business adventures that I have that I know that I have to be on the field playing like Ashley Horner fitness, Ashley Horner, anything that has to do like for Brooke ends, like you have to be on the field playing. There's other business adventures that I have, like my coffee shop, the screen printing company, the clothing line, that I need to be up in the press box, coaching, mm-hmm. guiding the ship, and building the team. Like I don't necessarily have to be there for the day-to-day operations because I'm learning to be a better leader so I can create better leaders so I don't have to be involved in the day-to-day. I mm-hmm. mean... If it's needed, sure, I'll go back to the kitchen, whip up some eggs, roll up some burritos. I can do that. But my goal and what I've really learned over the past like two years is 
I need to be up in the press box as much as I like to do all the things. And I want to be, you know, I, I love being in the kitchen. I like being in the kitchen more so than behind the bar making coffee drinks because I, you know, I don't really want to see anybody. I just want to be back there flipping eggs and doing pancakes and, you know, washing dishes. Um, but it, ta it takes a lot of time, like with, I think that we have very similar personalities and the fact that like, we just, we want to do it all, like all the time. And mm -hmm. I want to be really involved with everything. And I noticed the same thing too, for the longest time is, you know, even like I would, it was like whenever I was involved and I was creating and I was doing things were fine. But the moment that I would step out, it was almost like they, they lost the vision that I had because I'm very much mm -hmm. too a, a visionary. I think there's three types. There's, um, artists like creators, um, who just like to create like art, you know, like in your mind, like a visionary, you have, and then you have like the entrepreneur who doesn't really care what the business is. They just want to make money. So mm -hmm. for me, it's never been like money driven. It hasn't been, you know, of course, like me neither. It's, <laughs> I just love to create. And of course that's the byproduct of doing what it is that you truly love to do. But for me, I know that I'm a visionary. I love to create, but where I had the hardest time for years was learning how to hire a, a players, an A team that I know that I could fully communicate exactly what I wanted and they could run with it and I don't have to check in on them. So it just, you know, it just, it really takes time. But I think it's incredible everything that you're doing. You're someone that I've always looked up to and I think that um, being in the CrossFit industry, like you're very, very beautiful. You're stunningly beautiful. You're very strong, you're very gritty, but you're very feminine. And, um, that's something that, um, you know, you're like a hybrid of all of it. And plus you're a very hard worker. Like, I love that you grew up on a ranch and that, you know, you can dig fence posts. If you need to dig fence posts, you can get on a horse if you need to get on a horse. But I mean, but you're also very beautiful and you can be on shows like Wonder Woman. And, uh, I actually didn't know that you were on the, uh, what, what was the second show that you just said? Uh, the Justice League. Yeah, because I actually, I so I never watched you TV. Can you can actually see me in that oh, one. When, like, when is it? Because like, like uh, if you watch um, the Snyder's Cut, the Snyder okay. Cut is what okay, you want to okay. watch. Okay. And the whole Amazon portion of that film, it's pretty short. And it's hmm. there's a look back in like the past, like to corner, sort of explain why things are happening the way they're happening. So it kind of has like a look back um, and there's a part with the Amazons where they're all going into like a corridor mm -hmm. too, and they're all around their, they, it's called the mother box. Mm. They're all like in this big, huge sort of Coliseum type corridor place. And they're looking at this box that they've been protecting for a really long time. And it's moving and glowing. And so they're like trying to figure out like what's going on. Well, you see me, I'm in the hallway. I'm a hammer girl. So I'm an, I'm a guard. Mm -hmm. You see me. I'm really the only one with really blonde hair, very curly, long blonde hair. So when they walk in, I think you see me. And then basically they have to lock the, lock the corridor down, trying to keep like this, these creatures that come out of the box in there. So we have to break pillars with these huge hammers. And there's, you know, the, they're basically running down the corridor and there's so many girls that are like swinging their hammer and hitting a, like a big column. So like the wall will come in, right? Mm -hmm. It's like basically locking it down. And when it gets to me, 
They do, it's slow motion and they take me full screen. So, you know, you will see me. Okay. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to look, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely watch it. it. It wasn't until the pandemic happened. I never watched TV. Like I was just like a workhorse. I would work all the time. Um, you know, I'd put on a show for the kids and I would be sitting there, but I wasn't really like with them. I was like, you know, probably working. And it wasn't until like the pandemic when I was like forced to actually slow yeah, down. You're like, I was like, you're like, what do I do? Yeah. I was like, dude, there's all these like good movies. I'd never watched any of the star Wars. I'd never watched any of the Harry Potters. I never watched any of the justice leagues. And like, like, you know, you talk about like that, like my family had to like pull the TV away from me because I was like, I, where have I been my whole life? Like I've been, like, I've, I've, yeah. Playing catch so, up. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, I want I want to know like you know kind of bringing everything full circle and wrapping it. What is like what I have seen and like hearing your story, which is so incredibly powerful, is so incredibly powerful. Is that you will just not stop. It's the competitive drive within you to pivot to pivot quick when you have to pivot. Um, do what is like some advice that you have for women coming up that really just aspire to be unstoppable like you have? And and what people need to understand is like all of us, myself, Brooke, like we all experience these like times in our life where it feels like like doors just shut. Doors mm -hmm. shut. You have to, you know, but it doesn't mean that you stop. It doesn't mean that you have to give up. Um what what like what is some of like like really valuable advice maybe that you have received or that you could give to, to the listeners about just not stopping? Well, I would, I would say, you know, if you're like me or Ashley and, and you go after a lot of different things, um, you're going to fail, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's going to fail. And mm -hmm. that's just, that's part of it. And it's hard. It can be very devastating, especially if, you know, it just, it takes a certain kind of person, but it can be really devastating if you've put all your time and energy and, you know, blood, sweat and tears into something. And then you come face to face with a moment where you're like, I got to pivot away from this, you know, and that feeling of failure, feeling of like you not being good enough, or maybe the thoughts that, um, you're thinking like, oh shit, like how did I ever even think that I could do it? You know? is you can do it. There's just, mm -hmm. there's just so many pieces and so many, you know, people that, you know, a team that you need. And sometimes, you know, like we talked about, sometimes you, you make the wrong decision and you, you get, you make the wrong hire or it, you know, it almost was the right hire, but turns out it wasn't a good hire. You know, it's things are going to, there's going to be ups and downs. And, um, I always kind of used to tell myself, you know, if you try, like it's not, nothing bad is going to come from it. Like we, there's failure in everything all the time. Mm -hmm. Like we learn how to fail from when we're kids. Right. So it's like, if I don't try, if I don't start the business or if I don't have the conversation, but I'm thinking I really want to, but I don't do it because I'm scared. Well, even if I attempted it, there's the possibility of failing and there's a possibility of succeeding. If I don't attempt it, I'm only failing, you know, and it's, it's because we want to feel safe mm -hmm. and it does suck mm -hmm. to have things go wrong. It mm -hmm. sucks to have to like 
pivot from relationships with people. It sucks when you have to have hard conversations as a business owner. And when people don't understand that, you know, just because mm, if you're going to be someone who's like in charge or running a business or starting something, or you're, you're a boss, you're going to have a lot of hard conversations with people that don't understand that your feelings can't get in the middle of it. Oh yeah. It's not emotional. I had no. to, I had to learn that a long, a long time. It's and I make sure that my team knows. Like if I, it doesn't mean that I don't like you as a person. It just it means like I'm very upfront about things, and yes. that's just how I am. You know, if I go back in the kitchen, if it, like if the avocado toast looks shitty, I'll be like, dude, you can't. Like I want you to redo it. Like you could be yeah. mad at me, but you have to understand this has nothing to do with you. I love you and I care for you as a human. Yep. It's a. I'm a very straight to the point. I don't like beating around the bush. Yeah. Um, I, will, I, I don't have time to beat around the bush. Exactly. And I get that from both my parents, but mostly from my dad. You know, I've, uh, I've watched my, I, I like, I'm kind of like a problem solver, you know, and when something goes wrong, there's like a period of time where you're pissed about it, but it's like, okay, well you can't change it. So what are we going to do to move on from it? What are we going to do to fix it? You know, and that's kind of the way my brain works, but some people don't, if you if you're someone who doesn't want to beat around the bush because you don't have time because it's waste it's wasting time and you get straight to the point, we can come across very abrasive or mean, and we're not. You know, um, with that said, I have learned to adjust my tone or my delivery about certain things to certain people, while simultaneously those people are very aware of the kind of person I am. So there is no hard feelings. Mm-hmm. But what I would say is you got to just take the chance because the worst, the, like the worst is going to happen is that it doesn't work. It doesn't work out and you got to try something else or it doesn't work out and you got to get a different job. You know, I used to say, I used to tell my parents, I'm like, all right, you know, <laughs> I had so many things going on and I would just be like, mom, dad, I'm very close with my family, by the, my family, by the way, but I'd say if everything falls apart, and no one likes me anymore. No one thinks I'm cool. I literally carry no clout and uh, all my businesses fail. Can I move home? <laughs> and my, you know, and they're like, yes. And I was like, okay, perfect. Full send. Yeah. Right. Like, to me, it was no like, fear, okay, right? well, you know, the worst scenario, if something doesn't work out in my mind was like, well, I'll work a day job. Right. I mean, that's how I was with, you know, when I was competing and like dealing with sponsors and stuff, it was like, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to work a day job. So I'm mm-hmm. not just going to, I don't want a million sponsors. Like I, I don't, that's too much work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's way too many people to keep happy all the yeah. time. Right. Yeah. And then you, you lose yourself in mm-hmm. the middle of all of that, mm-hmm. trying to keep everyone happy. Um, but yeah, some of the best, I guess, advice I've thought about for myself or I've been told is there is always like there is something else on the horizon. Mm -hmm, And I, mm -hmm. it's almost like I hate thinking that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But what I have experienced for myself in, you know, fairly recently, I guess um, I have encountered or been, have experienced situations with like business partners or, or friends or potential things in terms of business that um, really suck because those people 
are not like-minded in a sense where like, I don't really ever, I don't, nothing I'm doing is about the money that's coming in or money I'm making. It's about, it's about the people. If I'm working with people, it's about, um, you know, just the vision. It's about, you know, giving back whatever it is. Like it, it's never about making more money. And I've, you know, I've encountered or been through things where you meet people who they will be shady, you know, because something became more important than what you agreed to, you know, and things have changed or like you have all these conversations about a plan or a business or whatever. And when you start it, you realize like, oh, it's nothing like what Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be. And then you feel like a little bit like, you you know, you got the little short end of the stick. What I'm going to say is sometimes situations like that or being around people that are like that, who are willing to hang people out to dry so that they can make more money because their big goal is just making more money and not the relationships along the way, you know, it can make you feel angry or it can make you feel like you want to do that, right? Something that I've always been really good at and probably just because all the different avenues of, you know, just different places I've been and people I've met and the type of person I am and the relationships I, relationships I have with those people, I have been someone who makes a lot of connections for people. I like being, I love being able to connect people to people. So you oh, can you would, so, so you can connect me with uh Jason because uh, he's he's pretty uh, he's good yeah he's pretty good looking <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> he is good looking um like making connections you know and when I do that it's you know I've definitely been able to connect you know business businesses that I've been working with to you know really popular influencers or people that have a big following. Anyways, sometimes you don't feel like, I guess. Well, I think like people, people it, it, will just it, ride it can, your coattail. It, well, and it can, it can feel like, um, like what you said, like it can feel like I just need a win. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'm helping a lot of other people mm-hmm. have wins, mm-hmm. but why do I keep having to pivot? Like, yeah. <laughs> and that can, that can happen. And that can, you know, you can end up feeling that way. I've felt that way. I've yeah. been feeling that way, but what starts to happen is like, if you just stay true to, mm-hmm. you know, I think being a, you know, in my mind, being a good person mm-hmm. and in business, it's mm-hmm. caring about, you know, the vision or the people, um, more than just trying to like, see like, Ooh, you know, what's the quickest way to this or that money or making this amount of money. But like if you do, like for me, it was like, I didn't, you know, not allowing yourself to like your heart to harden in a way. There is something else out there. There are more things out on the horizon for you, especially if you don't give up from like, you don't give up looking for them. Yeah. I, and the only reason you would give up looking for them is if you let yourself get so discouraged that you don't, you don't care to try Again, if your business didn't work out or whatever it is that you're working on didn't work out, or if you're, you know, you're, you're working from a fear standpoint, and that's why you wouldn't attempt to do something that's out of your comfort zone because you're scared of failing, failing. So you really have to just accept the fact that failure comes with it and everyone knows it and it sucks 100%. It sucks. Um, you're, it feels very emotional. There are ups and downs. But 
you know, hindsight is like you gain so much knowledge um, that you will be able to a, you know, be more successful next time because you're not going to make the same mistakes or you're going to really change a lot of younger entrepreneurs or younger individuals' lives by being able to, you know, tell them the mistakes you made. And now you're a teacher. You know, there's just, there's so many, there's so much good that can come from trying, even if you are potentially going to fail. I think that it's what I have had to be really conscientious of is that I, and you do, I don't want to say like you, like there's so much good that comes out, you know, to your point, it's easy to build up the walls. It's easy Mm -hmm. to get to a point where, I mean, I honestly, I have like very few friends. Like my dogs, <laughs> my dogs are like my people. You know what I mean? Like I don't, it, and you know, I've caught myself for a while. I've gotten better over this, this last year, but it gets to a point in our career, especially having such a large social media following, you know, I, I find it really hard to trust people. And I'm like, do you really want, are you, are you, are you really wanting to help me and, and go 50, 50 with me and like do this with me? Or what is your, what is your motive? Are you just mm-hmm. gonna, you know, um, it's really hard to, uh, it's easy to allow your heart to harden exactly mm-hmm. what you said and to build up those walls and to, and to not trust people. And, um, I've had to constantly remind myself that you have to lower your walls and you have to trust people and you have to, at the very root of who I am is I, I love to give and I love to help and I cannot allow other people's actions dictate who I am and how I treat other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was a, a really, really good podcast. Where can people find you at? Throw all your stuff out there. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> for the most part, uh, you can find me just at Brooke Entz on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I have Twitter and Facebook, but I really don't, I don't use them. And yeah, you do, can check out the Naked program. Yeah, how do people find Naked, that? Yeah, nakedtraining.app. Um, you can download it on uh, Google Play okay. and, the, and the App Store. Cool. When you purchase your membership, mm-hmm. you actually get all of our programs. So awesome. we've our app, we've had these a bunch of updates on them that on our app that are incredible. So you can switch freely throughout the programs depending on what you're doing. So we have our at-home um, dumbbell program, body weight program, our peaches program, which is focused mostly on lower body booty and legs. And then we have our live program, which is there's three different, or is it three? There's the live program lifestyle. Oh, commercial, commercial or functional. Good. So what's the difference okay. between those two? Okay, here it is. So commercial is if you're training at a commercial gym. So mostly ah, you're just not doing sense. you're just not doing Olympic weightlifting mm-hmm, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then functional is if you're at more of a functional gym. And then there's the daily dumbbell program. So you have lifestyle. Here's, here's what it is. You have dumbbell, <laughs> lifestyle, and mm-hmm. athlete. Those are like the basically the differences yeah. is equipment, but also volume, like right. how much training you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that's really cool about our program or the app is everything set up for like a 90 minute session. So if you don't have 90 minutes, you can go in and change your minutes from 60, 30 or 90. So those mm. are the selections. And then what happens is we actually adjust what you'll do depending on how much time you have versus you being able to cherry pick the things that you want to do. I love that. 
That Which is, is yeah, great. Um, I like how you have everything categorized because when, you know, with training and of course, like, you know, I have like my programs too. It's like, well, I mean now, especially like, I'm like, well, are you uh, training at home? Do I you know. have a garage gym? Do you just have dumbbells? Are you at a Globo gym? Oh, are you, oh, you're at a CrossFit box. It, I mean, there's just, it, which is awesome because I, you know, a handful of years ago, uh, there was really just like a couple options. You're either at like yep. a Globo gym or you're at like a CrossFit box. Now there's, you know, the gym is basically anywhere and everywhere. And there's, sounds like you have yeah. all the options for all the people and all the levels. We do. We Very do. Cool. Um, and here's the thing, you know, Everyone and their dog are doing a program. I have been doing the naked program. I think, I mean, actually, I know this. I've never said it about myself, but I've I've have been told this from people that observe me. I don't like to talk about myself. I really don't like to come across like I'm pompous and I'm like arrogant because I'm not. I'm <laughs> really not. But I was one of the first in CrossFit to Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear to it. To do to do a lot of things. Well, yeah. You know? I, I mean, I think that's why you're like, you are who you are. I, you were like the, I, I don't know a lot of other CrossFitters, but you having, and you don't like to say that you're a brand again, I guess is, I see what you're no, saying. I now do, you don't like I, to say I, that you're, I just never have said it. I mean, I think it's because like, I know it it's, it's the same as if like, I just, I just got asked this question the other day. Uh, I got noticed somewhere. Where was I? How do you not go anywhere and not get noticed? Mm. Well, that's the thing. In some places I do and I don't, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, or I'm, I'm home. And even when I was in Santa Cruz and I lived there for a long time, I would occasionally get noticed. Like I went to the same places. I didn't go to yeah. unnecessary places. I only went, I yeah. went to the same place same. like have breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, we went to the gym, we went to the mm-hmm. same store. So once I knew all these people, no one ever really, I was pretty used to no right. one saying right. anything, you know, but I always anticipate that, that, I don't know why it's, it's not because I don't think I'm cool or I don't think I'm worthy enough to, you know, I have done very cool things and I do think that I have a lot to offer, um, knowledge wise, experience wise for people of all ages. And, but I always underestimate the fact that like people do know me. That's why, that's why people, that's, that's what makes you so great at who you are because you are your Brooke, you know, like nothing, you're still that girl from Utah, just competitive, hard worker. Um, but yes, you are a badass and you are a powerhouse and you are incredible and beautiful and unstoppable. So you should wake up and tell yourself every single day. I'm going to start saying that to myself in the mirror. You should, you should every day. That's what they say. <laughs> wake up and tell yourself that every single day. And that's, that's, that's who you are. So, yeah, I will. um, I want to ask you one more question. Um, okay. And I think this is like on record the longest podcast that I've ever had, which has been great. Like a lot of just really great conversation. Um, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Man, I mean, I, I feel like I, you know, to have a really good answer for that, I would need to almost have like an open discussion and like be able to like if I if I needed to like if I was going to put that on a website or it was going to go in my bio, you know, I would need to fine tune it. But for the most part, I would say that. Um, I would love to, you know, not only be known for my physical strength and hard work and dedication, but I really do. I love to make people happy, um, and and feel, you know, in a in a moment or you know when you're going through things that make you feel like 
it can never get better for you. And usually it's, you know, we get in these mindsets, something, you know, we, we go through something, maybe it's to one person, it's really not that big of a deal, but to you, it's like catastrophic, right? And when you're having an emotional response to something like that, whatever it is, you dropped your biscuit on the ground, okay? But if you're having that emotional response, you're feeling that, you know, regardless of how big or small the incident actually was. Um, I think that it's really easy for people that are maybe going through, you know, like I said, I could use a win. I could use just one win, you know? When you feel like you're having a lot of stuff that goes wrong, we we can tend to continue that uh, routine or um, cycle because we are we're there now mentally, you know, where all these things are, you know, we're never we're always getting the short end of the stick. We're always picking someone else. I'm always getting picked last. Whatever it is, um, I love being able to have conversations with people that. I, in a way, and I've seen it happen and I, and I, and I, I love doing it, um, genuinely is being able to flip a switch in their brain almost for them purely through positive conversation, purely through me, in a way, allowing them to like, like let them know, you know, it's a conversation where recognizing the shit, but also helping them realize like, you don't have to it doesn't have to feel like that anymore. And you don't have to wait for anything and you can just make it, you can just change it like right now and almost helping people that, you know, more people than you, than than you would think, um, feel like they need some permission to be, to feel better, you know, and it's really actually hard for me to try and describe this (laughs) right now. Um, you know, but they're, you know, my dad, I think, I think a lot of this stems from my dad, since I was really little, I'm the youngest four. Um, you know, if he, my, I, I had a really rough, rough go at staying alive when I was first born. And my dad just always told me when I was little, when I was growing up, even as an adult is like for him, like a role, I, I play a certain role for everyone in my family. And it's so funny because like I've known it and I've felt it, but I've never like tried to talk about it. Like my uh, my boyfriend has like seen it, so we've we've talked about it. He's like, it's very clear like this role that I play and for my family, and the role for my dad is he was like for him I was his um, his sunshine. You know, he could be having the worst day ever, and he just wanted to talk to me on the phone. And there was something that like if I was in his office or if we were on the phone or if we, I, we were, like I hugged, gave him a hug or whatever from when I was very young, there was some, you know, I had some sort of, sort of effect on him that just made him feel like everything's going to be okay. And I think that that is, I do that for, you know, and I can do that for many people that aren't just my dad, you know, or my sibling <laughs> and uh, the ability to spread happiness or um, positivity or like, what's the word? Just the, just the feeling that like, the, you know, you can do it in a way, I guess. Hope. Um, hope. It makes me feel like I'm like the work I'm doing is worth something, you know, 
Cause all the other shit, I mean, I, I, I'm, I am so grateful for, you know, social media. I am. It's, um, because of all the hard work I was doing, I mean, it was a lot easier for me to do social media back then. Like I don't, I'm not that good at it anymore. I'm really not. And it's mostly because I'm not in a gym training all the time where there's always someone with a photo, with a, a camera taking video or pictures like that. When you, when you're in that sort of routine hamster wheel life of CrossFit, it's very easy to always have content to post when you're not, it's not as easy to have content to post. Yep. Um, and what I've realized is maybe like you or my, like, you know, at least for my speaking for myself, I don't like, I don't necessarily like the term, you know, like social media influencer. Yeah, no, I don't and, either. And it's because I, I gained this, you know, this, uh, platform or the audience from just working, <laughs> you know, from doing everything that I was doing for myself had not, and it had nothing to do with how many people were going to like it or how many mm-hmm. people were going to watch me yeah. or how many followers was I, was I going to get that had nothing to do with what I right. was doing. Right. So I feel like I almost have like envy for people who are all they wanted to do is like be an influencer because they are just savage at it. They're just so much better at it, mm-hmm. you know, cause mm-hmm. they want to be on their phone all the time. They want to do this story, this and story, this and video that and take this picture. And, you know, it's like influencers in the wild. It's, and for me, it's like, I can't do that. Like if I'm with my family or I'm with my, my friends or, you know, like if I were with you, we were working out and we were hanging out for the first time ever, I will not be on my right. phone. Yeah. I will not be mm-hmm. on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's because I want to have genuine experiences right. with people that I, I love and I care about. Mm-hmm. And um, so if anyone listening is like, yeah, actually, Brooke, that says a lot because there was a period of time where you were on your phone all the time and mm-hmm. now you're never on it. It's like, mm-hmm. it, for me, if there's not a clear, if I don't, feel like it's a good time mm-hmm. to be on my phone. I just can't, right. I can't fake it. Yeah. I same. cannot fake it. I can't. Yeah. And I so that's why that. there's like, there's like this like ebb and flow with my, how, how active I am on social. I want to be more active, mm-hmm. but if I don't genuinely have something to talk right. about, or tell you, I'm not, I'm not one, you know, <laughs> this shit makes me laugh so hard. I'm not one to like post a picture and then just have like an essay yeah. on Instagram, right? Of like, unless I genuinely, unless there's right. a real reason why I'm sharing whatever it is mm-hmm. that I'm sharing, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll see some people's posts sometimes and like what they're, they're talking about. I'm just thinking to myself, I'll think like, do I need to do this? Like, do yeah. I need to like, same, same. do I need to make a list mm-hmm. of all these, po- like all these, uh, you know, inspirational <laughs> topics right? And, and start just checking them off. Yeah. But you know, and then I don't do it. So I love that. I just love how you're just so true to yourself. And it is really easy. It is really easy to get caught up in that because I, I find myself doing the same thing too. And like the, everything with the social media and Instagram, it's, it's changed. And, oh, yeah. you know, I, I have to remind myself to just do you do what's on your heart. Just do whatever it is that you're, you're focusing on and don't let that outside world like change who you are or like 
what you do and like when you pick up your phone to post because anyways i love that brooke thank you so much this was like such a great conversation um i really hope that like sometime in the near future i can see you we can like i don't know go ride horses bail some hay do a workout snatch some barbells whatever i would be totally totally down for that you're super rad and i just wish you the best of luck with everything um and it's just really cool to make the connection so yeah well, okay. thank you so much for having me on yeah. and all for right. all of your very kind words. Yeah. I'm going mean, to have a good day. I meant them all. I meant yes. them all. All right. Well, you enjoy that sunshiny weather in uh, Florida and I will, I'll catch you soon, Brooke. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Ash. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Reborn Podcast with Ashley Horner. Make sure that you leave us a review uh, in the Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about the show. Thanks again for listening to the Reborn Podcast from Ironclad, and I will see you guys next week. Bye.